Okay, thank everybody for tuning in. Um, last week, we, the last time that we learned together before Pesach, we ended with the Arvit of Shabbat, and we discussed the ending components of the Arvit of Shabbat, namely the, the Bracha of Me'en Sheva, the uh, Shmona Esri, the Shmon itself, we even discussed the Yigdal at the end. So we mostly completed the topic, uh, aside from the intricate halachot of Arvit, and at least the Arvit of Shabbat. And the next part of the liturgy, so to speak, the next part of the Sidur, which warrants discussion, if we're following the order of the Sidur, would be the Kiddush, and not simply the Kiddush Halayla, which we do at home, rather, if as Ashkenazim might be f- more familiar with, the Kiddush of the Beit HaKneset. And this is a minhag to do Kiddush in the Shul after Arvit, which goes back all the way to the time of the Gemara, if not perhaps earlier to the time of the Mishnah. And tonight, uh, I entitled this year The Early History of Kiddush because we're probably not going to touch the Nusach at all. We're going to simply uh, begin a history of Kiddush and figure out exactly when it was written, where it came from, how it developed, and how it evolved into what we know today, especially into the Kiddush of the Beit HaKnesset that we know of today. And the truth is that this topic is enormously complex, uh, both because the halachic topic of Kiddush is very complex, but also because many of the uh, many of the claims and the assertions as to the inception and evolution of Kiddush are mired in halachic controversy as to what is the nature of Kiddush in and of itself. And therefore, any uh, learned person who might listen to this shiur might have countless objections to anything I might say. I'm sure there are many uh, different ways of constructing the early history of Kiddush, but I'm going to do my best to present many views, um, as many views as possible. I'm sure there are a few that, that we'll leave out, but we're going to focus on a basic, simple understanding of what Kiddush is and how it developed. So the Rambam, we'll begin with the Rambam. The Rambam in Hilchot uh, Shabbat, uh, that would be Hilchot Shabbat Perak Chavtet, begins simply. And I'll share my screen just for the Hebrew for whoever wants to follow along. Um, the Rambam begins, Mitzvat min HaTorah LeKadesh Et Yom HaShabbat Bidvarim. It is an, a positive commandment from the Torah to sanctify the day with words, meaning to use your speech to designate and distinguish this day as holy. As it says in the Pasuk, Zachor et Yom HaShabbat show remember the day of Shabbat to sanctify it. Kilomar says the Rambam, Zochreu zechirat shevach v'kidush, remember it, a praiseworthy remembrance and a holy remembrance. V'tzarich l'zochreu b'knisato u'bitziyato, and you have to remember it in the in the in the entrance and in the departure. Beknisato bekidush hayom abtsiato behavdala in its uh, entrance with uh, with uh, kidush and when it leaves with the havdala. Interestingly, it sounds like the Rambam believes havdala is part of this mitzvah tase. 
um, but we can get to that another time. Then the Rambam goes on to bring the Nusach of Kiddush and the Nusach of Havdalah and a few of the halachot, and then he continues in, in Halachavav, and he says, sofrim It is a mitzvah midrabanan, however, to do this kiddush on wine, meaning that the biblical commandment is, the, the mitzvah midoraita is simply, verbally, to sanctify the day of the Shabbat. However, there was a later rabbinic enactment, which was that we have to sanctify the day of Shabbat over wine in particular. And that is the way the Rambam understands the evolution of the, um, the, the simple evolution of, the, of, of Kiddush. First of all, we have Mitzvah Tasemin Midoraita, and then later there was a Takana of the Chachamim that this Kiddush happened, that this Kiddush happened uh, with wine. And Frederic just joined us. So the Mikar, the source for the Rambam, is a Gemara in Brachot, Daf Chaf Amud Bet. And the Gemara there says exactly as the Rambam said, which is that the Chiyuv of uh, Kiddush is from the Torah. And it says it in, 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 a, in a context which you might not expect. The Gemara is actually talking about the mitzvot that women are chayav and patur from. And, it's, and the Gemara in Brachot is talking about Birkat Amazon, are women chayavot in Birkat Amazon. And mid-conversation, the Gemara brings from Rav Adabarava, Amar Ravada Barava, Nashim chayavot bakidush hayom. Women are chayav, are chayavot, are obligated in the kidush hayom, which means either night or day, um, but, but principally the night kidush, divar Torah from the, uh, from the Torah. Amai, the Gemara asks, how, why would that be the case? The Gemara asks from a basic well-known halacha that women are exempted from time-bound mitzvot, so why would women be obligated in Kiddush at all? Amar Abaye Midirabanan, that they are only Chayavot Midiraban, Amar Le Rava, Vahadvar Torah Kaomar, Rava answered that's not possible because the Brayta says it's from the Torah. The old Kol Mitzvot Asseishin Nitchayavnu Midirabanan, El Amarava, Amar Kra, that's by the way a Nusach, which is very interesting, that all Mitzvot Asse women are Chayav Midirabanan, not everybody learns this way. El Amarava, Amar Kra, Zachor, Vishamor Kol, Shiyeshno Bishmira, Yeshno Bizachira, Vahani Nashi, Hoilvi, Tinuhu Bishmira, Tinuhu Bizachira. So not to get into the sugya there, but simply what it's saying is that there's a, a hekish from Shmir of Zechira because women are, are, are women have to keep Shabbat and women are, have a specific commandment that they are not allowed to, that they have to watch the Shabbat and they're not allowed to do malacha just like men. So too women are chayavot in Zechira and they are chayavot to do uh, Kiddush as well. This has practical halachic implications that a woman is allowed to be motzi a man with Kiddush if necessary. And very often, till today, this is done. So, the, there's another Gemara on Daf, um, uh, sorry, in Psachim, Daf Kuvava Muralif, which brings a, uh, let's put it this way, the Gemara brings a Pasuk, which makes it sound like even the wine component of Kiddush, meaning that Hashem told us to make Kiddush and to do it over wine, even that part is also from the Torah. This is what the Gemara says in Daf Kufav Amuralif. It says, Tanura Banan, Zachor et Yom HaShabbat, HaShabbat Kadisho, Zochrei Walayayin, Eini Elabiyom, Olayla Menayin, Tamalom Zachor et Yom HaShabbat Kadisho. 
The Gemara basically says that we learn from the Pasuk, Zochrei al Hayayin, that you should remember it over the wine. So the Rishonim over there, uh, Tosafot and the Ran, they jump and they say no. The, based on other Gemarot, they have different proofs. Um, the, the aspect of, of doing Kiddush on wine is not from the Torah. This is something the Chachamim later instituted. Um, the Tosafot has a few interesting proofs. The Ran brings it an interesting proof that he says if it was uh, if it was Midoraita, then why by Kiddush Beyom would there be no um, bracha? So he says if the wine, by, basically Kiddush Beyom is Al Hagefen. So if it was Doraita, you would also um, have a real bracha there of, of Asherat Viratzavanu. Regardless, many Rishonim have different different proofs, which is that the the the, the wine component of kiddush is midrabanan, and this is the general consensus. And the halacha happens to be that if a person doesn't have wine, then the person could uh, make kiddush on just the bread alone. If he has two kikarot of bread, everybody knows that that's the halacha. If you if you if you're stuck without wine, you could technically make it on two loaves of bread, make the kiddush on on the bread alone. So. As far as the development of, of this precise takana, right? So we said that the Torah gave us a mitzvah, which is to sanctify the day with words. Then came the Chachamim and they said how to do this mitzvah. Probably they wrote a bracha, right? So we would assume that the Anche Knesset HaGedola wrote a bracha to do this kiddush, because that's typically what they would do to, 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 to formalize the mitzvah to say. So they probably wrote a bracha to formalize this kiddush. And somewhere, either the Anshei Knesset HaGedolah or uh, the Zugot or the Tanaim, somebody instituted that should be done over wine. So this precise topic about how exactly it developed is actually discussed in the Gemara and Brachot itself on Daf Lamed Gimel Amud Aleph, where the Gemara is not talking about Kiddush, but rather it's talking about Havdalah. And again, many of the the the... the uh, again, as I said in the beginning, this is complicated, and, and many of the sources for the development of Kiddush are scattered around Shas. So they're not all in Shabbat, they're not all in Brachot, some are in Baba Batra, some are, are in, uh, in, I think it's one in Zvachim. There's, there's many Gemarot everywhere with, dif- with different details and Halachot about Kiddush. So this Gemara is in Brachot of Gimel, Amur Aleph, regarding the Halachot of Kiddush, of Havdalah, I'm sorry. And the Gemaras, the, the Mishnah in Brachot has a disagreement over precisely how to say Havdalah. Should you say it as its own ind- independent Bracha, or should it be the uh, should it be part of Atachonein Ladam Daat? So I'll just show you the Gemara here for for the sake of time to do it as quickly as possible. Um, he asks a very simple question. He asks Rabbi Yochanan a simple question. Rabbi Yochanan is telling us that the Anche Knesset HaGdola made, uh, instituted Brachos, the Tfilos, the Kadushot, which could be Kiddush and Kaddish and all the, all the Kiddushot, and Havdalot. Nechsi Heichan Tikun. Why is there a disagreement over how Havdalah is said or where it's said? This is something people do every week. Let's just see what the Takana is. Go outside, go to shul, see what they do. How is it possible that in the Mishnah there's a disagreement over, over this basic Takana of Havdalah? 
So he answers him as follows. Originally, the Takana of the Ancheknes HaTagadola was to do Havdalah, and many infer from this that it also means Kiddush, because you'll see in a second, that originally the, the mitzvah was only in tefillah. However, Ha'ashiru, when they became wealthy enough, Kavu Alakos, they said everybody should also do it on a, kos, on, on a cup of wine. Ha'enu, they became poor again, Chazru Vikavu B'tfilah, when they became poor and they couldn't afford wine, they went back to only doing it in davening, and so on and so forth. And they were the same who instituted that if you did it in the tefillah, you should also do it on the coast. The Gemara later says, Iker takanta, he is bitfilah, meaning that the, 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 the primary takana for Havdalah was in the davening, and that's the way we paskin, uh, the way the Gemara paskins, that at the end of the day, the core Havdalah, the one that fulfills your obligation, is in Atachonin Landat. The, the ancillary one, especially to be, say, people, the women in your house, is the, the Kiddush, the Havdalah al-Hakos. But there's no reason to not assume that this same episode of people becoming poor and not being able to afford wine or being or uh, becoming rich and suddenly being able to afford wine wouldn't also pertain to Kiddush. So some assume that Kiddush originally never had a component of wine to begin with, and it was only in some time of after the Anshei Knesset like somewhere between the time of the Anshei Knesset and the Zugot, the pairs of rabbis who ran the Jewish people, that it developed a takana to, to uh, have wine by uh, Kiddush as well as by Havdalah. So it is possible that Kiddush originally, the original takana of Kiddush was just a takana of the words of Asher Virat Zabanu, um, as we're all familiar with the bracha of Kiddush. However, later the kosh shalyayin was added to Kiddush in the same way that this is true by Havdalah. So we can't know this for sure, and at the end of the day it's just an academic exercise which came first, but that is the, um, the overall suspicions about the earlier history uh, of Kiddush. Now, there's an interesting Gemara in the Yerushalmi, and this is in Brachot Daf Nun Vav Amubet. Last week we spoke about this topic of the Brachav Me'en Sheva, which is a pseudo Chazarat Hashatz, a pseudo repetition of the, the Amidah, which is done on Friday night of Arvit. And we understood last week that the Brachav the Me'en Sheva, uh, as most uh, rabbis assume, is, was instituted for the latecomers so that they should be able to have uh, extra time after Arvit so that everyone would finish together and everyone would walk home together back then in, the, in times when, when the synagogues were further from the city, uh, the city uh, lines. However, the Gemara in, in Yushalmi, at least the version that we have, um, says something very perplexing. It says that this is uh, rabbis who are in Eretz Yisrael speaking about the, the Rabbanim in Bavel, in Babel, in, uh, at the time, the Byzantine Empire. And they said that over there, in Bavel, um, if they didn't have wine for Kiddush, they would say the Brachav Me'en Sheva on the Beit HaKnesset. The Shliach Tibur would get up and say the Brachav Me'en Sheva on the Beit HaKnesset, which is an astounding thing to say. Because what it sounds like is that the Brachav Me'en Sheva was completely instituted as a replacement for Kiddush itself. And that 
the it would sound like almost the the principal way of doing kiddush was to do it uh, in their time to do a kiddush in shul together with everybody, and then um, if they didn't have that, then they would do brachav me'en sheva. So that's a very perplexing uh, statement to say. Uh, it's interesting in the Raviyah, he has a different version of this Yerushalmi in which the emphasis is in where they would say brachav me'en sheva, and the entire discussion is not about me'en sheva, it's about vayichulu. And um, they would have kiddush, but they would, they, they would um, if they didn't have wine, they would do the, I think they would do vayichulu in addition. I, I don't remember the exact order the Raviyah has it in. But the discussion and the emphasis is on Vayichulu, not Sheva. So there's different theories as to how the Kiddush, and first we're going to speak of as how the Kiddush became to be. So as I just mentioned, the first, the source in the Gemara Nushami sounds like that one of the earliest practices of Kiddush was in the Beit HaKnesset. And there's a number of theories as to what came first. Was it the Kiddush of the Beit HaKnesset that came first? Was it the Kiddush by the Suda at night? Um, and what was the purposes of each? So we're going to get to the Rishonim and uh, multiple different layers of this. But I did first want to bring the opinion of two researchers, one secular, one, one, one um, uh, orthodox. The first opinion I want to bring is based on a Gemaram Psachim. The Gemaram Psachim says, again, we have Shabbat, Brachot, Psachim, it's all over the place. So the Gemaram Psachim on the Kuf Amud Aleph has a fascinating story. It says, and let me pull it up if I can fast enough, so quickly enough. This is an episode which occurred with a number of Tanaim. It says, Detanya, Mavsikin le Shabbatot, the Rebbe Huda. I'm sorry. Maaseb, Rebbe Shimon ben Gamliel, Rebbe Yossi, possibly, and also Rebbe Huda, Shahu Mesubin be'ako. There was an episode where three Tanaim were sitting together at a, at a meal in Akko, in Eretz Yisrael. The Kidesh Aleim Hayom, and it became Shabbat. Meaning they were eating the meal in the middle of the meal, Shabbat came. My honored Rebbe, should we pause the meal and do Kiddush as our colleague uh, Rabbi Yehuda holds that you should pause the meal and do Kiddush? So, I won't translate every part of that, but the idea is that there was a discussion at the meal whether or not to interrupt the meal and do Kiddush, or should they do Kiddush after the meal, and eventually they, they, they agreed to sit down and, and institute the Halakha for generations that, that you should not interrupt the meal and you should do Kiddush after the meal. The Gemara Paskins later that neither, like, I, like, not, like neither of these Tanaim, that instead you should cover the food and then do Kiddush. So there's so many questions. If you've ever learned Psachim, everybody jumps on this tomorrow. What is going on? What are, what are they doing? Why are you uh, having a meal while Shabbat is starting? You don't have better things to do? You're not 
preparing for Shabbat. You're not lighting the nerot. You're not going to shul. Like, what, what is going on that these rabbis were sitting at a meal and suddenly um, uh, Shabbat came? So if you are creative and you learned in yeshiva, you could have a million different uh, answers for this. The, the simplest one is that this was an unusual situation. It's a maset, it's an episode. What happened? Maybe they were at a wedding. Everyone knows weddings back then happened on Fridays. They were at a wedding, the suda started a little early, it took too long, and it went into the Shabbat, and they're like, should we stop? No, we shouldn't stop, let's see, do Kiddush after, after the meal. That's a, that's a very easy way out of this, out of this problem. However, secular researchers, uh, beginning with Ismael Bogan and, and many others, um, have an assumption about this Gemara, which is based on their own understanding of uh, the, the Tanaic society, so to speak. They believed that at that time, the Tanaim had certain elitist societies, elite societies of very pious people, and these were fraternities which it was difficult to infiltrate. And part of the practices of these elite societies of the Tanaim was that they would have certain festive meals together. This was this is the way they interpret these Gemarot. And therefore, um, they see this as just one of their festive meals, but they understand that in the time of the Tanaim, there was obviously no uh, evening service for uh, Kabbalat Shabbat, as we've we, we spoken about this before. There was no Kabbalat Shabbat. So in their times, the minhag was to simply greet Shabbat with a suda. When Shabbat was coming, sit down, let's have a festive meal, Shabbat is coming. Beautiful. And then later, the, halacha, the, the, the question became, when do you do Kiddush? Do you do it in the middle? Do you do it at the end? Different uh, discussions as to when they should do a Kiddush if Shabbat happened in the middle of this meal and you didn't finish the meal before Shabbat. But they didn't have any such minhag uh, specifically that like a chiv of Kiddush or like a chiv of Kiddush b'makom suda. The suda came first. That was where the, the minhag came from. They knew that they had to do Kiddush. So they... Uh, they knew they had to do Kiddush Aliyayin, so the question was when to do it within uh, this Seuda. So, again, this is an odd story, but this is the way they understand it. So, based on that understanding, you have to trace a little further, which is, why is there a Takanav Kiddush Al Hayayin? So, in the view of these researchers, and again, this is, doesn't really make any difference as to whether what exactly happened. This is not really a religious topic. But in their view, the first institution of Kiddush was not the Kiddush on the Seuda. Because in Eretz Yisrael, sorry, in Bavel, for example, there was no minhag to do a Seuda of Shabbat at all. So in their view, the first institution was to do Kiddush Barabim. The first institution was to do a kiddush uh, with everybody in the shul. And when people would go daven arvit later at night, they would then do a kiddush in the shul. But there was no minhag to do a suda, and there was no minhag to do kiddush at your house. First, there was a takana of kiddush bidvarim. Then the rabbis enacted that you should do a kiddush al hayayin because for some reason, wine is special. And this was done at the shul. And then later it became a takana to uh, also, if you, especially if you weren't going to shul, to do the Kiddush al-Hayayin at home. And, th and this, this was accompanied by a meal. And then eventually later on, if the halakha was instituted by Shmuel, 
to be uh, takana of of ein kedush elbim makom suda, and therefore they would do kedush with a suda. So eventually it developed that everywhere everybody had, first went to shul, they did mincha, then they did arvit, and then they would do kedush at shul, and then when they came home they would also do kedush again to be motzi everybody at home or for whatever reason, and they would uh, and they would also do a suda at home. So this is enormously complex, and uh, anybody who uh, has learned these sugyot will jump on this because there's a machloket in Psachim between Rav and Shmuel regarding what the Iker, like what, why we do Kiddush at Shul at all. Right? The Gemara says, Otam b'nei adam she, uh, those people who uh, do, do uh, what's the word, who do Kiddush in the Beit Knesset, are they Yotzei with that or do they have to do it again at home? And there's machloket Rav and Shmuel. And, uh, and I believe... Uh, Rav says, uh, it's escaping my brain for a second, I'm sorry, I'm just blanking on this. It's a Gemara Kufav in Psachim. Here we go. Kufav? Am I remembering correctly? No, it's probably Kufamud Bet. I'm sorry, Kufamud Bet. Right. Amarav Yideyayin lo Yatsu Yidei Kiddush Yatsu That they were Yotzei the Kiddush, but not but not Yain, so they have to do it again. And Shmuel says they're also Yotzei Yidei um, then he moves on to Daf Kufalif. You're also Yotzei uh, Kiddush. Why do we do it at home? To be Motzi Banav Be'e Beto. And Shmuel says um, that the reason they instituted at the shul was in order to be Motzi, the guests of the shul. Okay, so this is a complicated Gemara. What does Rav mean? What does Shmuel mean? Rav says that the reason we do it at home, the reason we do Kiddush at home, and this is the Gemara and Daf Kufam Bet, and Psachim says, why do we do Kiddush at home? To be motzi your wife and your children. Shmuel says, why do we do Kiddush in the Beit HaKneset? We do it in order to, exon- to not exonerate, but to fulfill the obligation of, I don't know, how long has this gone? I thought this would be a little, I'm sorry. Okay, we're only 25 minutes in. So the, the, the Shmuel holds the reason we do it in the Beit HaKneset is only to, to fulfill the obligation for travelers. So wait a second. Travelers, what is going on with travelers? What kind of travelers are there in the Beit HaKneset? So there, there, there's many different ways of understanding this Bachloket Rav and Shmuel, but from a simple understanding, in their time, in the time of the Amoraim, uh, in the Tanaim even, people would, uh, certain people who were uh, traveling, they would, they would spend the night in the synagogue, they would spend the night in Shul, and therefore because they didn't have a place to stay, they would do Kiddush and Shul for those people, and those people would have their Su'uda uh, in the Shul. So that's the, the topic that the Gemara is talking about over there. Again, this adds a layer of complexity because the Gemara sounds like it understands that the Kiddush and the Bet HaKneset uh, existed in their time. And it sounds like um, that it, it sounds like this Takana was, what, was not done for the women. Because if you're doing it in shul to be mostly everybody else, what happens to the women? You, you remember we looked at the Gemara and we saw the Gemara said that we saw that the Gemara said that women are chayavot midoraita also. So what is going on with the women if the whole takana of it is if you're Yose Kiddush at Shul, there obviously has to be another Kiddush for the women at home. So we're going to get to this in a second. The Arza Ruah holds that the Iker takana of, and he says this explicitly, I, I couldn't find it in, it's in the Shout and Shuvot, so I, did, I didn't have my hands on it. But he says that the original Takanav Kiddush was not even for the Orchim, was not even for the travelers in the Beit HaKneset, 
Rather, it was in order to do Kiddush in public. So, according to the Orzara, you have a problem, really. The, it, the original Takana of Kiddush in the Beit HaKnesset was only to do Kiddush in public. It sounds like to him that this was the Iker Takana, that they originally did a Takana for a Bitzvilah. For some reason, then, then if there was no Takana to do it at home, then why, what did the women do? You must say the Arzura means no, that there's a completely separate Takana to do it in Beit HaKnesset, and everybody, of course, also did it at home as well. So in his view, obviously, the Beit HaKnesset Takana, the institution of doing the Beit HaKnesset, was independent, and it was done in order to do a Kiddush in public. So this is a little bit of a discussion. What, um, irrespective of which one came first, what was the reason for doing a Kiddush in the Shul? We saw one reason from the Yushalmi, which was in case that no one had yayin at home. So they would, uh, if no one had yayin in the shul, they do bracha in Sheva, which sounds like um, they did this in case nobody has uh, wine at home. So this was in case no one had wine. Another reason you could bring is because uh, maybe for perhaps some Rishonim, Rishonim brings, some people didn't know how to say the bracha at home. Therefore, they said it at shul to be motzi, those people. And then there's another factor in this, which is that in Bavel, they actually didn't have much wine. This is evident from many sources that in the Gemara that in Eretz Yisrael they had no problem with having wine. They had problems with having water. But in Bavel it was common that they would not have wine. So people had to do Kiddush on bread. So many suggest that the reason why they, they made a Takana for the Kiddush and Shul was because at least in the synagogue they would have wine, but not everybody was able to afford wine, especially because there were no vineyards cultivated in, in Iraq. Therefore, um, if they didn't have wine, they would do Kiddush and Shul for everybody, so they could be Yotze on wine, and then, um, and then when they would get home, they would do the, the, the Kiddush for, the, for everybody in the house on bread. Okay, the many, many different theories about how this, about how this developed. So in, this, in the book Yisodot HaTfilah, uh, Eliezer Levy has a, developed his own theory as to exactly how it developed, which is basically the opposite of El Bogan's theory. And in his view, the Kiddush of Beit HaKneset actually came before the Kiddush of the meal at home. He has a very interesting theory. In his view, what first happened was, was like the Orzerua. This is what happened. You have the Anche Knesset say to do Kiddush Bidvarim. Then the, the Zugot or somebody, Tanaim, made a Takana to do Kiddush Alayayin. And the first takana of doing Kiddush Alayayin was to do it Birabim, to do a Kiddush in public. And therefore, Kiddush Alayayin was Birabim, and they would do it at Shul. How would the women be Yotze? No idea. Maybe they would uh, uh, say a bracha at home, or they would daven, they would daven the bracha of, of Atakidash and Shmon Esrei. I don't know how the women would be Yotze. But this was the initial takana. It was in the Beit HaKnesset. Then what happened was, was that the travelers would do would do arvita shul? They would do the the kiddush at shul, but they were hungry, so they'd have a suda at shul, and this led people to have a, a practice to do kiddush and then do do a suda. Eventually, Shabbat was accompanied. Uh, the uh, every night people started doing kiddush b'makom suda, and people started doing a kiddush with a suda. We already know for sure that by the time of Hillel, we know that the Mishnah Brachot in Parakhet says that that. Hillel and Shammai were already doing Kiddush at home. So we know that there was a Kiddush Babayit 
already in the time of Hillel and Shammai. So this must have been very early. People started doing Kiddush at home as the consequence of the Kiddush of Beit HaKneset. So, yeah, this is, uh, <laughs> this, this is again, complicated because then you're saying that later, and this is possible, but this is saying that later, um, the, the whole Takana of Kiddush B'Makom Suda came much later. This is possible, according to Rabbein Yona, he holds that Shmuel made his own Takana, and Kiddush B'Makom Suda is its own uh, Takana. It's not, a, it's not a recent thing. So basically, the Suda came after the Kiddush, and first Betakneset, then Kiddush at home, and then what happened was that they did a Kiddush with a Suda. So if you're following, we already have six different ways, uh, six or seven different ways of describing how the early history of Kiddush developed and why it developed. You could say that, again, you could say that it was done in the Beit HaKnesset for the travelers. You could say it was done for people who didn't have wine at home. You could say it was done for people who were not a Baki. You could say we did Kiddush in the Beit HaKnesset just to do the mitzvah to say of Kiddush Barabim. You could say that the Kiddush first came, um, that Kiddush was first instituted over the meal and then it was transferred to the Beit HaKnesset. Many different ways of describing this mitzvah of Kiddush. You could also say the Ikar Takanta was tefillah, that the original history of Kiddush was that they used to do it in Shemona Esrei, and then later they added it to after the, the, um, the, that's probably the least probable, but then afterwards they added it after the tefillah. So multiple, multiple different ways. I'm sorry if, if, I, if I was a little drifty here and there between the different uh, views, but it's, it's very complicated and it's, it's difficult for me to, to stay on one a linear path of thought. I apologize for that. So the... There is a discussion, just to, to move a little bit further, there's a discussion in the uh, Rishonim about the modern halacha regarding Kiddush Bebet HaKneset. Should we continue to do the Kiddush in the Beit HaKneset or not? And this already begins in the time of the Torah, if not even in the time of Rabbeinu Yonah. And this machloket uh, extends until today, whether or not, Sfaradim versus Ashkenazim, whether or not we do Kiddush in the Shul. So this is both mostly based on a Teshuvah from Rav Natronai Gaon and different versions of the Teshuvah from Rav Natronai. And the version in the, um, that the Torah brings is that Some people, that the Renatronai Gaon says that till today we have to continue to do. Renatronai um, Gaon holds that even if there are no travelers in the Beit Knesset, even if today we don't have this issue where people uh, don't have wine, etc., etc., we still should do Kiddush in the Beit Knesset. And Renatronai Gaon says in this Teshuvah, and this is in the Leak edition number uh, Nunbet, he says that the Chachamim instituted that they should do it in shul in order to cure people from the blindness of the eyes. And basically, in his history, what he's saying is that, that in Bavel, people did not have wine. In the Babylonian times, in the time of the Moraim and Tanaim, they just didn't have a lot of access to wine in, <clears throat> in that area of Iraq. There were no vineyards. So what happened was, was that most people would do Kiddush on bread at home. So the reason they instituted Kiddush in the Beit HaKneset was for yet another reason. In the view of Rav Gaon, 
they instituted it in the Beit HaKnesset, not just for the travelers, but also so that everybody should get a refuah for the Enayim, a healing of the eyes. This is based on a Gemara in Brachot, a very famous Gemara, which says that if a person runs during the week, he should, um, if a person runs during the week, the, the yayin of the kiddush, the, it, it causes some blindness. If a person is running it, it, it damages his vision. And the wine of kiddush is a, is a segula for curing that blindness. So <laughs> there's uh, different views as to what that means. There's, there's a version of Natra Naiga Gaon, and it's probably the correct version, which is that... Um, that they, they dabbed it on their eyelids, just the way people do it with Havdalah as well, that they would dab the wine in their eyelids. Others say they would, they would drink the wine. It's Machok Rishonim, exactly what happened. But they would, they would use the wine as a, as a refuah for blindness. So the tour brings this Rav Natron that says you should do it even if there's no Arachim in the shul. And you should do it because of refuah. And he also brings of Haigaon. Rav Haigaon says not to do it. Um, if there's no Archim, you don't do it. And this is in the Sidor of Haigaon. He says, if there's Archim in the Beit HaKnesset, then you do it. Obviously, if there aren't any, you don't do it. So the, the um, Torah doesn't like it. He sides with the Haigaon. The Beit Yosef seems to side that way too. And um, this seems to have been the, uh, the consensus of many Rishonim, was, which was not to do Kiddush in the Beit HaKnesset if it's no longer pertinent. And they didn't, most Rishonim don't seem to believe that the, that the only reason they did it was for the refuah ha'inayim, uh, or just for the eyes. There were also other reasons. Uh, it was, there were other reasons for why they did it, mostly pertaining to the orchim, or mostly pertaining to the enam bikiim, or to the people who didn't have wine. Today we have none of those problems. Everybody has wine. Every, uh, the orchim, we don't have orchim in the Beit HaKnesset, B'derach Klal. We virtually don't have people who are not bikiim in shul on Friday night. Therefore, they believed it was a bracha l'batala and they should not do it in the shul. And this is, uh, this is where the paths diverged. And Ashkenazim, many, many Ashkenazim had the minhag to continue doing it based on Natronai Gaon. And many Sfaradim uh, were mevatel and uh, no longer did the Kiddush Alayayin. Uh, Maybe I'll, I'll look into the actual Sidurim next week to see exactly. I, I, didn't get time, I get, didn't get time this week to actually look in the, the manuscripts, but I'll, I'll check how far back this actually went and to which regions exactly did what. But I, I didn't have time to do that this week. All right. So now, a couple, two small, other small things and then we'll be finished. Number one, why do we do it al-hayayim? We did mention that the Chachamim, that, that the, the, the Torah says the Dukidush, doesn't say to do it on wine, it just says to do it bidvarim. So there's multiple reasons why it's done alayayin. Tosafot brings reasons from Pesukim, uh, that, that are that means zochreyu alayayin, and he brings a raya from other Pesukim, which zechira pertains to, to yayin. Um, there are many Kabbalistic significances, to mystical significances to yayin, which make it a special bracha. Bori Priyagefen is a special bracha. Um, the Chinuch says that when we add yayin, we add wine to a ritual, it makes it more inspiring. It adds more hitorut. And he brings the Gemara and Brachot, which says that it's so'edu misameach. Yayin is uh, that wine has the ability to both satiate and to gladden people. Therefore, 
doing a kiddush not just bidvarim but also alakos uh, adds inspiration to the ritual. That's that's the tam of the mitzvah that the chinuch gives. Um, the Yisodot HaTfilah, again, Eliezer Levi, has another bizarre theory, although it's not so bizarre, because he's, he's basing it on, uh, he was religious, and, and he's also basing it on a Gemara, which is that it was borrowed from the Nusuch Hayayin in the Beit HaMikdash, meaning that just like in the, in the Avodah, the Beit, uh, in the Avodah, the Beit HaMikdash, they would accompany a Korban with the Nusuch Hayayin, so too, when they went, when they transferred the service from the the Beit Hamikdash to the Beit Hakneset, and they had an avodah, they would accompany it with yayin, and so therefore wine was an important thing, and and wine represents a transference of the the nisuchamayim, sorry nisuchayayin, um, uh, what's it called, ritual to the Beit Hakneset. And this is not completely unfounded because the Gemara in Baba Batra says. That any yain which was a sore to be used for nis for 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 uh, nisuch hayain is a sore to be used for kiddush. It's gemara Batra. That we learn, um, we learn the halachot. I'll just pull it up now. I forgot to pull this up. We learn the halachot of of uh, what wines are kosher for kiddush from the wines that are kosher in the Beit Hamikdash. Uh, let me see if I can find it really quickly just to get you the exact language. I apologize. It is on kuf. Tzadi Zayin Amud Aleph, I believe, uh, and also on Amud Bet. It's on both. It says, "Enk Omrim Kiddush Hayom Ella Al Hayah Ella Al Hayayin Haraoili Nasech Al Gabe Hamizbeach." That's the only wine which is uh, worthy of being poured on the Mizbeach. I was hoping to get some time this week to look at some of the more kabbalistic, mystical reasons why wine is important, but a, I ran out of time, and b. Um, there's going to be a lot of components of uh, Kiddush, which we're going to see as we get into the Kiddush at home, which are based on the Kabbalah, right? The adding things to Kiddush, which are based on Kabbalah. So I figured we'd save all the, the Kabbalistic uh, parts and components to this for a little bit uh, later when we discuss the Kiddush at home next week and the week after. Uh, what are the Kabbalistic significances to, to doing things uh, over wine and why that was so important? One last prat, this is the last point we'll end off on, is the early, early naming of Kiddush. So we saw that the Gemara itself calls Kiddush, Kiddush Hayom, right? And this is just the logical thing to call it, Kiddush Hayom, the sanctification of the day, because the action is the fulfillment of the biblical requirement to sanctify the day with your words. So it's called Kiddush Hayom, whether or not you did it by night, whether you did it by day, either one is called Kiddush Hayom. However, the actual Kiddush of the day meal was called Kiddusha Rabbah. And this is a topic of discussion in the Rishonim. Why was it called Kiddusha Rabbah? Why did it get this name, Kiddusha Rabbah? The great Kiddush, so to speak. And there's a Gemara in Psachim which mentions this custom of calling it Kiddusha Rabbah. I, I should mention, I just uh, slipped my mind, the Kiddush of the day, according to most, is the Rabbanan. And uh, the Kiddush of the night is the one that's the Raita. So let me pull up the Gemara Psachim, Dav Kuvava Muralef. It's an interesting story, actually kind of, fu- kind of a funny story. It's a story with Ravashi. Um, let's see. Right. Let me show, uh, share my screen together. The Gemara says... 
Ravashi Iklale Mechuzah. Ravashi went up to Mechuzah and he visited Mechuzah for a Shabbat. Amrule, uh, by the meal, they came to him and they said, Liktishlan Mar Kiddush can you please uh, make for us Kiddush, the great Kiddush? Havule, um, and they brought him uh, the, the cup of wine. Savari thought to himself, Mainhiu Kiddush What is Kiddush He had no idea, he had never heard of it before. So, Amar Michti said, listen, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. He told himself, this is what I'm going to do. He said, I know for sure that whatever Kiddush you're doing, whether it's Kiddushin, whether it's Kiddush, I know that every Kiddush, Havdalah, we always do Hagefen first. So he wasn't sure what the townspeople of Mechuzah meant. What, what is Kiddush Arabah? So he thought maybe they have an extra bracha, right? We know that today... We, uh, today we don't, we, by Kiddush of the day, we just say Borpia Geffen. We don't have any additional bracha. He was wondering, do they have an extra bracha? Do they have a, a longer nusach? Do they say three capital tehillims? He, he didn't really know what they were doing. So he said, I know we start with Hagefen, so let me just start with Hagefen and let's see where that takes me. So what did he do? He said, um, I, I'm, where is it? Amri Bireisha Amar First, what he did was, is he said the bracha of Bori Priya Geffen, and then he took a really long time to finish the word Hagefen. He was being very clever. And he opens one eye, you know what I mean? He saw an elderly person who bent over to start drinking after he finished Hagefen. And therefore, once he saw that after he said Hagefen, someone had already started drinking he realized that Hagefen was the end and that Kiddushah Rabbah was no different in Mechuzah than it was anywhere else. It was just the name they gave for it. There were no additional brachot. They just called it Kiddushah Rabbah in Mechuzah because he saw as soon as he finished Hagefen, someone started drinking. He called himself He's like, yeah, I did something smart because I was very strategic in uh, uh, doing one bracha and then uh, eyeing to see what everybody else would do. And he noticed that they would do hagefen. That they, sorry, that they would they drank right away. So he realized that kiddush araba was just the name they gave to kiddush in Mahuza. So why did they do that? Rashi and the Rashbam and the Yerchot Chaim all suggest a very simple reason, which is because um, the only bracha is hagefen, and hagefen is the great bracha because it's used by all things that are important and it's always the first bracha, whether it's yaknehaz by the seder or whether it's kiddushin, whatever it is, we always say hagefen first because hagefen is some sort of exalted bracha. It's a, like a bracha rabbah, it's a great bracha. We call it kiddushah rabbah. That's the theory of Rashi, Rashbam, and, and the Orchot Chaim. Uh, again, the Gemara has no, is, is moot, on the, uh, is not moot, is uh, mum on the matter. The Gemara doesn't say uh, why Mechuzah had that minhag. The Ran has another theory. The Ran says, no, it's not because, uh, it's not because it, of the bracha. It's rather because uh, the Kiddush of the day is only midirabanan. They gave it a euphemistic term. They didn't want to call the Kiddush of the Yom like uh, the less important Kiddush. So they use a euphemistic term, a kinder term. It's called Ashon Saginahar. And they call it Kiddush Arabah, the great Kiddush, the... You know, the very important Kiddush, right? That's why they called it Kiddush Rabbah, to like give it a euphemistic uh, term, the very important Kiddush, even though it wasn't as important. Lastly, there's Rabbeinu Bachia. Rabbeinu Bachia in Shemot, uh, Perak Tet, in, in Chumash, Perak Tet Zayin Pasuk Chaf He, 
has a completely different reason. And he says that despite the fact that the Kiddush of the day is not as uh, principally important halachically as the Kiddush of the night, however, Alpiha Kabbalah, the Kiddush of the day, is more important than the Kiddush of the night. And he, said, he introduces the system of the Shalosh Suudot and what, what each one does in the different elevations of Shekhinah and uh, dissensions of Shekhinah on Shabbat, which we spoke a little about previously, that at night... Well, there's a uh, a manifestation of Malchut by, 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 by Kiddush and by the Suda, which is why we say Boi Kala, because there's a manifestation of the Shekhinah Malchut. By daytime, there's a manifestation of Yesod, and for some reason, he doesn't get into particulars, the manifestation of this attribute of Yesod is so great, we call it, um, uh, what does he say? I forgot, it was Shabbat HaGadol. I forgot, I forgot the name he gave it. He gives it, and he says that for this reason it is called Kiddush HaRabah, because it is, it is the great Kiddush. It is the Kiddush which has the highest level of Shekhinah at it, and the daytime Kiddush on Kabbalistic, uh, from a Kabbalistic perspective, is more important, and that's why the Chachamim called it uh, Kiddush HaRabah. It's surprising that this was just a, uh, a nickname started in Mechuzah that Ravashi wasn't uh, familiar with, but that is the, the Shita of Rabbeinu Bachya, and with that, we conclude the early history of Kiddush. We have to still see the, uh, how Kiddush developed, especially the Kiddush by the meal. Um, as we said, it is possible that the Kiddush of the, very possible that the Kiddush of the meal evolved into the form that we know of it as today, uh, a little bit later than the Kiddush of the Betak Neset. We have to discuss next week um, all the other, the Nusach of, the, of Kiddush, right? The actual uh, Nusach, the additions to Kiddush, it's a Shalom Aleichem and Eshet Chayil and all the typical things that are added, as well as the Chiyuv uh, of the Sudan, how that pertains uh, to Kiddush. So we'll see if we can finish it in one year next week, but otherwise, uh, that, so, that so far concludes the early history of Kiddush. So thank you everybody for tuning in, and we will, Bezat Hashem, continue next week.